everybody. Everybody having a good Sunday so far? Enjoying the rain, staying dry, all that fun stuff? Uh, my name is uh, Jonathan. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad you're able to join us for our live service. Uh, so we do these twice a month, normally on the second and the fourth Sunday of every single month. And the reason we only do it twice a month is because these actually take a good amount of work to do, and this is a way that we can grow, but it is not even the best way that we can grow. And so we make sure we take time on the first and third Sundays and other times to make sure you have time to get together into smaller groups that we call community groups, uh, which I think actually is the best way to grow because that's when you take these things that we're learning together and really bring them down to the level of how do I actually live this out in my life, and you can do that with the encouragement and the accountability of other people. So uh, I'm glad you're here today, but if you are not a part of a community group, I hope that you can get involved in one so that you can get together and you can talk about uh, what we're going to uh, talk about uh, today in a bigger, deeper encouragement, accountability uh, type way. Uh, But next Sunday is a fifth Sunday, which throws everything off like crazy. And so next Sunday, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We're going to meet here like normal, and we are going to do a prayer walk service. And we've done these before. So what it's going to look like is we're going to come together in this room. We're going to sing some songs. Uh, We're going to talk for a little bit. And then you're going to have a chance to be able to go off and pray with a group of people. And if you are an expert prayer, then you're like, all right, game on. If you're very new to prayer, then that might make you very nervous. And I promise this is going to be accessible for any level of prayer that you're at. And I think it's going to be really great. And if you've ever had this thought of like, man, God's speaking. I, they keep talking about that idea. But I just... I know if I can just slow my life down a little bit, then maybe I could hear what God is trying to tell me. Uh, Then next Sunday is going to be a great chance for us to not only practice that individually, but together as a whole church. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, But here's what we want to talk about today. The idea that God loved the world. And we spent a little bit of time talking about the world. Uh, Don't don't put it up yet. does anyone have an idea of the current population of the world? You can put that slide up there. Just don't put the, the number up there yet. Does anyone know the population of our world right now? What did you say? How many? Eight billion? It, it, nine billion? It is, it's probably actually eight billion right now. As of January 1st, here was the number, seven billion 942,644,086, which is incredibly exact. And a lot of people have it that it's already tipped over 8 billion. It's a little bit tough to figure out, but there is a lot of people in this world. And so as we get started, I want to spend a little bit of time trying to think about some of the people that are in that number, that are in this world. Uh, and so if it's helpful for you, you can close your eyes. If you're good with your eyes open, that's fine too. But in your mind, I would love for you to picture someone who is a part of that number, who is not currently in this room, but they live in the city of Albany. So picture the face uh, of somebody that you know. They live here in Albany. You're kind of in your area here. And try to picture them right now. And maybe they're, maybe they're still in their pajamas, or uh, maybe they're out shopping. Uh, maybe they're in another church. Uh, try to picture like 
They're what, what are they doing right now? What, what are they thinking right now? Are they, are they having a good morning? Are they having a bad morning? Are they, are they stressed about things? Are they excited about things? Are things going well in the relationships that they have? Are things just like a huge just like mess in their relationships right now? Just try to picture that person in your world. Uh, now let's try to picture uh, a different person. Uh, try to picture someone else that you know who does not live in this area. Uh, someone, maybe a relative who lives in another area, maybe it's a friend uh, who's moved away or a place where you used to live. Try to picture someone else who you know, you know their face. Maybe you've talked to them recently, maybe you haven't talked to them recently. What do you think they're up to right now? Are they awake yet? At home? Things going well? Are things not going well? What's going on in their, in their world? Uh, now maybe think about someone, someone that you, you've heard of this week and you know, maybe you don't know them personally. Uh, you know, maybe they're a celebrity or they're a politician or they're, you know, but somebody, maybe you, you read a news thing about them this week or maybe you've uh, read a Twitter thing about them. Uh, maybe you were in a conversation and other people were talking about something about them. But just, I mean, they're this semi-well-known person in the world. And sort of like picture their face for a second. And what, how do you think they're doing? Like what? I mean, they, they have hopes, right? And, and dreams. They have things that when other people say it about them, it hurts their feelings. They have things that they're really excited about for this next chapter of their life. They have some things that maybe as they're looking at the next couple days that they're just dreading. And next, try to picture somebody I know it's church, and so we're not supposed to think about people that we don't like, but I want you to think about someone that you don't like. And maybe you're trying to like them a little bit more, because, you know, Jesus loves people. We're going to talk about that. But it's, you know, it's just, it's someone in your life, maybe in your past, who, but they just, they just grate you the wrong way. There's just, there's a, there's a beef there. But they're, they're out there right now. They're somewhere. And they are, they wake or they sleep. Are they out and about right now? Are they at home? What are they hopeful for? What's worrying them, stressing them out right now? And again and again and again, you can go through, there is a lot of people in this world, and all of them are going through like real stuff right now. Like all the same stuff that like you feel and all the stuff that feels so personal to us Everyone we know is going through like the full human emotion right now. And what it says is that God loves the world. And by love the world, he means that every single one of those people, God has a desire that he wants them to flourish. God wants them to experience eternal life. God wants them to be blessed God wants them to have joy and to experience transformation in their life. God wants them to have peace. God loves them, and God wants to do something with them and for them. And so, what is God's big plan? 
What's God's plan of how he's going to show love, how he's going to help them to flourish? Here's what it says. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, which, pop quiz, does eternal life just mean that someday you're going to go to heaven when you die someday? It does not. Jesus is saying that there's a way in which you can live right now in eternal life in the way that God designed for all of us to live. And you can do that by believing in him because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, the whole world, through him. And here's, I, I don't necessarily want to like criticize God because that's not always like a great plan. But it, if God's plan is to save the whole world, if God wants the whole world to experience eternal life, it doesn't seem to me that if this was the whole plan, then this is a very good plan, that God is going to save the world, God's going to have everybody experience eternal life by sending his son to the world. Because what we know through history is that God sent the world here uh, to this little area of Israel. You can put that map up there. So Jesus, 2,000 years ago, came down as a real person, and he lived in this little area of Israel. Uh, For most of Jesus' life, he never went beyond 30 miles in one direction of any of these places. He had one little jaunt when he was a baby where he went down to Egypt. But for the most part, he lived his whole life right here. And so everybody that Jesus taught, right there. Everybody that Jesus ever healed, right there. Anybody who ever got to experience being in the very presence of the actual real life Jesus Christ was in this very, very small area. Uh, Because in that day, 2,000 years ago, you can go to the next map there, uh, this was kind of the the known world at this point, or the Roman Empire, and it was smaller back then, it wasn't quite 8 billion people, but it was still about 300 million people lived in this area. You can see this little orange arrow there, Jesus spent his whole life in this little bitty area right here, doing some arguably amazing things. I mean, Jesus, the miracles that Jesus did, we've talked a lot about the things that Jesus taught, the things he said were absolutely remarkable. But the majority of the people in the world had no idea. I mean, the people who, you know, were in Spain, the people that were in Rome, I mean, they, this idea that Jesus it wasn't even on their radar. Or I think... We talked about a couple weeks ago, it was Easter. And so it was, you know, this huge colossal event that, you know, Jesus was crucified and then three days later he rose from the dead and it was this white world-changing event, except that n- most people in the world had no idea that it happened. If Jesus rose from the dead, all these people around Jerusalem are just buzzing with all this stuff that happened. But I mean, Caesar's waking up in Rome, all these soldiers are going about their business. I mean, it's just not, it's not even on their radar because God came to the world and actually didn't actually see or do that many people. And so maybe a better way to say it uh, is this, is that for God so loved the world, he did, he taught, he healed, he fed, he discipled some, a few, 
but not even like most, not even like the majority. Most people weren't ever touched by the actual, real, physical Jesus. And so if that was all of God's plan of how he was going to show love and blessing and flourishing life to the whole entire world, then it seems like then that wouldn't have been a very good plan, except that that was just the beginning of God's plan of how he wanted to love the world. God's plan wasn't done yet. Uh, We're going to look today at Acts chapter 1, and here's what it says in Acts chapter 1. It said, in my former book, Theophilus, uh, so this is a guy named Luke who's writing this book, and he's writing it to a real guy uh, named Theophilus. Uh, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. And so according to this guy Luke, the things that Jesus did while he was on earth All the teachings, all the miracles, all the things that he did were just the beginning of all the rest of the things that Jesus had planned to do. To do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit uh, to the apostles that he had chosen. Go to the next one. After his suffering, so more to come, He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, which is always just such a a great point because if you're in the camp at all of being skeptical about the whole idea that there was Jesus died and that he rose from the dead, then you're not alone in that. Uh, Normal people would be skeptical about the idea that someone was crucified and rose from the dead. You would have to be seeing convincing proofs if you were going to ever be decided that you were going to believe that, and that's exactly what Jesus gave them. Uh, but then I love this line. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. And I think that this is so just cool and, and important, is that one of the things that we've talked about uh, over the last couple months and for the last like early couple years of our church is that the things that Jesus taught were incredibly important. A huge reason of why Jesus came to earth was to teach us how to live the eternal, the blessed, the kingdom, best way of living. And so the things that Jesus taught weren't just like filler. Jesus actually wanted us to know these things and do these things. They were so, so important. But for most of Jesus' life, most people didn't really totally buy in or totally listen to the things that Jesus was teaching because they were, they were so big, they were so extreme, they were so incredibly countercultural that people were like, ah, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see about all that stuff. Uh, but I'm also under the impression that Jesus didn't teach a lot of, he didn't have like new sermons all the time. Jesus kind of had this like group of teachings and he taught them over and over and over and over again. And for most of Jesus' life, they thought, okay, well, we'll see about that. But then Jesus died, and he rose from the dead, and it was kind of like a whole new ball game. Like we talked about two weeks at Easter, everybody all of a sudden was looking at Jesus like, all right, I think you actually are who you said you were. I think you actually have all authority over heaven and earth, like we talked about at Easter. I think that you're actually present everywhere we go. And they had this whole new respect for exactly who Jesus was. And so now that they're looking at Jesus like, all right, now we see you as like a whole nother level. What does Jesus talk about? And so what Jesus talked about is the same thing, the kingdom of God, how you can live a blessed life, how you can live an eternal life. He talked about the same things that he talked about for the last three years. He took 40 days to say, let's go over it one more time. I want you to forgive 
your enemies. What do I want you to do? I want you to forgive your enemies. I want you to spend your money like this. I want you to treat outsiders like this. I want you to treat the other things around, all these things I've taught. I want you to actually do them. And this is what Jesus did in those 40 days after he rose from the dead is he's re-going over his teaching because I want you guys to actually live these things out. Uh, But they weren't alone in living this out because living this out, this transformed life is counterintuitive. It's hard. And so Jesus promised us help. So on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this thing is going to happen very, very soon. And that's very exciting. Uh, He goes on. So then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And so different people have different ideas of exactly what's going on here. But it's at some level here, Jesus is re-kind of going over all these important teachings with the disciples. He's re-reminding them, I told you I'm going to always be with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. But the, these guys, the disciples that are listening to Jesus, don't quite totally get it yet. Because they have this paradigm in their mind of they've always had this vision. God loves the world. God is going to do something to change the world and show love to the whole world. And the the paradigm that they had had most of their life was that the way in which God is going to do something big in the world is he is going to do it through the nation of Israel. That somehow God's going to re-rise up the nation of Israel and there's going to be a great king and there's going to be a great palace and then maybe there's going to be armies and we're going to like take over the other lands and we're going to get rid of Caesar and we're going to get rid of Rome and we're going to be in charge. And once we have all the power, then we'll have kind of the authority, we'll have the position to be able to finally do all the things that God wants us to do. Uh, and I totally like understand that idea. Uh, that's a very kind of human, uh, in my world, Christian idea of if we're going to do something big, if we're going to do something to really do something to bless other people, then we need to like... We need, something big. We, we need like something very prestigious. We need something very powerful. Like if somehow, like, if we could like get like a Super Bowl ad, woo, that, that would like, that would really change everything. Or, you know, if we could get like a professional, you know, a- actor, you know, some famous person, if we could get a professional athlete, if, if we could ever get, you know, a politician and somehow they were like representing Christianity, then we would have like the power and authority to really do something. Or if we did some big event or if there was some big church or, you know, if there's some, you know, you know, awesome band, you know, and cool lights. And then we would have like the ability, like that would be a great plan. This like big campaign, big event. Then somehow we could change the world. And that was kind of their idea because that's all that they had ever seen. That's how messages got distributed is through power and position. But Jesus' plan was different. As I said, said to them, yeah, that's not for you to know the times, the dates. I may, maybe I'm going to do something big, but you don't need to worry about that. But here's my plan. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. 
So here's, here's my big plan of how I want to show love to the whole world. Yes, I want to do something really big in this world. And here's my plan is you. You ordinary people sitting in front of you, in front of me. With maybe not a lot of power, not a lot of prestige. Power from the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And you are going to be my witnesses. Uh, which is the idea that you're going to be my ambassador you're going to be my hands and feet. You're going to be my representative. The way in which I want to change this world around me is not Jesus going and going around to all these individual places and all these individual people and Jesus doing it on his own, but God sending out a group of people, witnesses, ambassadors to do this on his behalf. Uh, I love the way that uh, author uh, Rob Bell uh, says it. He says, God is always searching for a body, a community of people to care for the things that God cares about, to show this is what God is like. This is what God is about. This is who God is. Uh, that this has kind of always been God's plan, is that God wants to affect change in the world, and he's looking for people who are going to show up and represent and say, hey, if you're wondering what God looks like, if you're wondering what God cares about, if you're wondering what God wants to do in this setting, I am going to be a representative of exactly what God wants. Uh, and this is what Jesus is presenting, but this is not a new biblical idea. This has kind of always been God's idea of how he wants to do big things and affect change in the world is to work through ordinary people. Uh, this is the very uh, beginning of the Bible, talking about the creation story. It says that God created mankind in his own image. From the very beginning, the idea was that God was creating people who look like him, who value the same things as him, who do the same kind of things, who are emulating him, who, in the language of our last couple months, who are disciples of him, trying to do the things that he would do. In the image of God... He created them, male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, Be faithful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I am giving you authority to go out and do all the things that I, that I would do. I want you to go out and be in charge. I want you to be the witnesses, the ambassador of those. And as many of us know, if you've read through the stories of the Bible, or if you've just lived life and you've seen other churches, other Christians, if you've seen yourself, sometimes people are pretty good at this. Sometimes people, individuals in the Bible, church leaders that you've seen, churches that you've known about, have done a pretty good job of being representatives of God. And you kind of see the way they live, and you're like, wow, that's, that's what I hope God is like. That just reminds me of God. And then there's other people that you've seen, churches maybe that you've uh, witnessed, maybe yourself in the mirror, and the way in which you live is like, oh, that's... That is not a good, I hope that's not really who God is like. But over and over again, God keeps saying, this is my plan of how I want to change the world, is I want to do it through a group of people that are actually living this out on my behalf. Uh, what God is looking for is a group of people to say, I want you to be my witnesses, and I want you to be the person that's going to change all of the earth. Uh, and if you've been around for 
any really length of time. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about something similar to this. This is what we kind of foundational here at Christ Church Albany, is that we believe that church is not a building, church is not an organization, but it's a group of people. And so our big plan of how we want to change the world, because we believe it's God's big plan of how he wants to change the world, is through a group of people actually living these things out. Uh, and so, for instance, right up front here, I have my friend Ty. Hi, Ty. Uh, so Ty lives in, in my neighborhood, like four blocks over, though. And so God, I believe, cares about the people that live four blocks away from me. God knows their lives. God knows they have things that they're worrying about right now, things that they're stressed about, things that they're really excited about. There's potentially some pretty big issues going on uh, around in, in the houses and around which Ty lives. Maybe there's some relationship problems. Maybe there's some money problems. Maybe there's some injustice problems. And God has a plan of how he wants to change the world four blocks away from my house. And it's Ty. His whole hope is that Ty is going to live in such a way that she is a witness of Jesus doing the things that Jesus wants him to be. Uh, who else can I pick on? John and Sarah standing in the back. Uh, live downtown Albany. Uh, so many cool things happening in downtown Albany right now. Uh, Lots of people have plans about what that area of our city could be. But God has a plan of what can happen in downtown Albany. God sees the, the poverty issues that are down there, uh, the nutrition or lack of nutrition issues. Uh, God sees the houselessness problem around there. God sees the uh, years of systemic racism and redlining that have created different neighborhoods. And God has a plan of how he wants to show love and how he wants to bring change and transformation to that neighborhood. And here's God's big plan. He put John and Sarah there, who have stories, who have ability, who have talents, and God's whole plan of how he wants to change the world of downtown is through the way in which a group of people will live, following the teachings of Jesus and actually doing them. Uh, here's the map, again, that we've put up multiple times, uh, this idea that we're all kind of salt and light everywhere around. Uh, but yeah, Christ Church Albany, we are a group of people who we are called to be disciples, people that are actually living out the teachings of Jesus, who actually see Jesus actually wanted us to do these things, and we're trying to actually live them out in our life, and based off of how we're trying to live them out, then we are witnesses then that we are God's witnesses, his ambassadors, his hands and feet to try to change the world. Uh, and over the next couple months, and so from now until the beginning of July, and then really beyond that too, but especially then, we're going to be focusing on exactly how we live this out as a church. What does it look like for whatever God has placed you, for you to be both a disciple and for you to be a witness. Uh, and we'll talk about a handful of different things over the next couple months, but one of the things that we're going to encourage over and over and over again over the next couple months is we want all of us, if you call yourself a part of Christ Church Albany, or if you're considering becoming a part of Christ Church Albany, is to live out what we call the BLESS strategy. 
is we believe that God has put every single one of you in a specific place for a specific reason, and part of the reason why you're there is to bless the people around you. Uh, and here's what the bless strategy is, and we'll dive into it deeper uh, over the next couple months, uh, but it's this little uh, acrostic uh, that some friends of mine uh, uh, came up with, and what they did was they looked through the teachings of Jesus, the way in which Jesus lived, they looked through the uh, the early Christians, the early followers of Jesus, and they looked at the way in which they lived, and they saw these repeating patterns of things that they were just regularly doing uh, themselves and what they were doing to love other people. And here's some of the patterns they came up with, is that they were living lives where they were regularly praying for other people. And so over the next couple months, we want to create a pattern in each of our lives where as you think about the people that live around you, the people that you work with, can you set up a, a regular pattern in your life where you are praying for them? And maybe some of you are already praying for the people in your life on a regular basis. That's awesome. Uh, maybe most of us are praying for people kind of sporadically whenever they happen to come up. But we want to create a pattern where we are regularly just thinking about taking time out of our days and praying by name for the people that are in our lives. Uh, secondly, we want to Listen. I think it's one of the most gifting, loving things that we can do for other people is to actually listen to what is going on in their lives. I think there's a lot of folks who have acquaintances in their life. They have people that they work with, people that they know. They have people maybe that they're social media friends with. They kind of these surface-level relationships. But the amount of people that they can actually really talk about, here's what's actually going on with my life. Here's what I'm excited about, here's what I'm worried about, here's uh, something that happened in my past, here's something that might happen in my future. And we want to be the kind of people who, who are regularly in this pattern of listening to the people in our life. Can you set up enough margin in your life? Can you set it up where you're not so busy running around, where you make time in your life where we're listening to the people in our world? Uh, next, uh, go back to, uh, to the last slide. We want to make a regular pattern where we're eating with other people. Uh, and this should be really good news. Uh, this is like the big thing that we get to do to really uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus is we need to make time to invite people over to eat. Uh, we need to invite people, hey, I'm getting ready to go to the break room. Do you want to come and do you want to have a meal with me? Hey, I'm going to go to lunch somewhere. Hey, after work today, I was going to go out and get a drink. We want to have a regular pattern where we are making time to eat with other people. Uh, because again, it's amazing the amount of folks who, they can't remember the last time they were invited over to someone's house to share a meal. They can't remember the last time uh, that they were invited to go out and get a drink with someone. And one of the things that we could do to so love other people is to it, make time to eat with people. Uh, the next, we want to make a regular pattern where we are serving other people. Uh, we need, everyone we know needs things in their life. Uh, they need help with their kids. They need help with things around their house. They need help with things going on. The, and we want to make a regular pattern of 
through listening, through eating with people where we know what's going on and using our time, using our strength, using our money, using our talents, be able to serve the other people around us. And then lastly, we want to make a regular pattern of sharing our stories. Uh, And we'll talk about this more as we go over the next couple months. But let me be clear from the beginning, this is not, okay, we're trying to like pray with people, listen to people, you know, but kind of like at the tail end of this, there's like this, like, evangelism, if you know that word, kind of script that we're like waiting to to share with other people. That's not what we're talking about. What we are saying is that you have stories in your life that matter. You have stories of things that have gone really well in your life. You have stories of things that you've changed over the last little bit. You have stories in your life of, of pain and hardship. And those stories are incredibly valuable to the people that you could potentially share them with. You sharing a story of a way in which you've walked through a really difficult season in your life. You sharing the story about how there was something that you've been struggling with and you've been like working, you've really made some change and transformation on it. You telling a story about something really great that's happened in your life. Your stories are an incredibly powerful tool that God has given you that as you share them with other people would be a great way to start blessing other people. And that's our hope Uh, that over the next couple months, we are going to spend all of our live services. uh, As you guys gather in your groups, we want you to be regularly talking and keeping each other uh, accountable and encouraging each other because we want all of us not just to hear them. like, yeah, that that sounds nice. I would like to like pray for people. Like, sure, like I I like that idea of me sitting down at a coffee shop and really listening to someone or on my front stoop in my house. And this all sounds nice. We want it to go beyond sounding nice to something that we're actually doing. Uh, our hope is that we get to July and anytime we get together, we could all regularly share like, oh, I'll tell you exactly who I'm praying for right now. Here's the people I've been praying for. Here's some ways in which I've seen God moving. Here's the people that I had a great conversation with this person. It wasn't about me, you know, I was listening to them. Here's who I've eaten with this week. Here's who I've served this week. Here's some some stories of my life I've been able to share this week. We just want this to be a regular thing in your life. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to teach it. We're going to coach it. We're going to encourage it. And we want this just to be a way in which we're living. Uh, But here's where we want to kind of start it all for this week, is we first want you to ask the question, Who exactly has God put you around? Where has God placed you? So I think that God has this big plan. He wants to bless the whole world. His plan is through you. And he has put me around certain people. And they are different people than who he has placed you around. There might be some crossover. There might not be. But where you live, your house, the the groups that you're a part of, the people that you work alongside with, the friendships that you've made in your life, I don't think are an accident. I think God has placed you there, his big plan of how he wants to influence, how he wants to show love, how he wants someone to represent who he is like is through you. Uh, So on your uh, table, there are these sheets. Uh, And you don't need to fill this out now, but I do want you to take these home. And over this next week, I want you to spend some time and just write down the names of actual real life people that God has put in your life. Uh, write down the people that you live near. And maybe some of you know a lot of your neighbors' names. Uh, Maybe for some of you, uh, part of your assignment over the next little bit is going to be learning the names of some of the people who live around you. 
But as you think about the neighbors who live on your left, on your right, across the street, behind you, as you think about the people that God has put you around, I want you to write their names down. And I want you to think about who are the people that you regularly interact with. Uh, Maybe that's school, if you go to school. Uh, Maybe it's work, if you work. Uh, Maybe it's other activities uh, that you're a part of. You're a part of clubs or sports or uh, uh, whatever that might look like in your world. But who are the people that you're regularly interacting with? You're sitting next to them in class. You go to meetings with them. You're sitting at the same conference table. You're getting emails back and forth from them. Uh, You're on the same uh, project that you're working on. Who are the people that God has placed you around? Uh, And then lastly, who are your friends? Uh, And maybe there's some crossover in those first two categories. But who are the people that you intentionally get together with? Uh, that you celebrate birthdays with, uh, that you, and as you create those lists, here's all we want you to think about for this uh, next week, is that for each of those people, God loves them dramatically. God, God loves them, God wants to do amazing things in their life. God wants to help heal the broken parts of their life God wants to encourage the the talents that they have to be able to make a bigger uh, impact in the world. God wants them to know how special and loved they are. God loves them. And God's big plan of how he wants to do that may very well be you. And so just take some time and think about those names. Think about the people that God has placed in your life. And as you do, Think about maybe some of those blessed categories. We'll talk about it more over the next couple uh, weeks and months. But how exactly do you think God might be calling you in your talents, in your stories, in your ability to be able to do the things that God has created you to do? How does God want to use you to show love to the world? Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you for the love that you have for every single one of us. And if it was, if it was me, like I totally get the temptation of what I think the disciples were going for there. Of all right, if you want to do something big, if you want to show love to the world, then let's. Let's get a palace. Let, let's, let's rent out the MVP center. Let's send out a whole bunch of postcards. Let's do some big Facebook campaign. Let's, let's do something that really is going to make this like great big splash. But maybe more importantly, selfishly to me, is going to take the responsibility off my shoulders and put it on the responsibility of some big campaign, some big celebrity, some other pastor, some other church program, and that that's going to be the thing that's going to make the big difference. But that was not your plan. Your plan of how you want to bring change to the world, the way in which you want to solve the big issues that are going on in our world, the way that you want to bring healing, the way in which you want to end loneliness, the way in which you want to help out with individual financial needs is through a group of people who are living their lives in such a way that they're saying, how can I 
be God's, rep- how can I be your representative today? What will it look like if Jesus himself were entering my office space? What would he do? How would he interact with people? And is there a way that I can interact that same way? If God lived on my block, if God lived in my apartment, what would God What invitations would he give the people that live around him? How would he serve them? How would he make margin and time in his life to listen to what's going on? How would he excitedly share the stories of his own life and help us to live that same way? Help us to bring love to the world because you so loved this world that you in your geniusness or foolishness sent us. Help us to figure out what that looks like.